Hey guys, welcome to the weekly podcast of Encounter Church, Sedalia, Missouri. It's our prayer that this message is a blessing and an encouragement to your life. If you want more information about Encounter Church, please go to our website, encounterchurch.ag. Thanks again. Enjoy the message. This morning, we are going to move into the tail end of a series that we've been in now six weeks that we're simply calling Advancing Hope. We're looking at a book in the Old Testament by the, called Nehemiah. It's by a guy by the name of Nehemiah. And as he is telling his story of where he started out, second best position in the kingdom. He was a cupbearer for the king, and suddenly his brother and his Friends came over and they said, hey, our people in Jerusalem are in shambles. The walls are torn down. They've tried to rebuild them. Nothing's working. He feels compassion by God. He feels led by God to make a commitment to go to that place, to, to see the ruins rebuilt into great and mighty things for God. Boy, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? Isn't that what we're doing? Anyway, that's a whole other story. So he goes to Jerusalem He rallies the troops. He faces opposition all the way. People just giving him problems and sending letters of threat and all these things transpiring. And suddenly the walls have been built. Everything is up to where it needs to be. The focus has shifted from manual labor and suddenly they move into a spiritual labor moment. They realize that now that they have the walls built, they've got to begin to work on the interior of their hearts and of their lives. Look at our text in Nehemiah chapter 9, verses 1 through 3. It says, On October 31st, the people assembled again, and this time they fasted and dressed in burlap and sprinkled dust on their heads. Those of Israelite descent separated themselves. We're going to talk about that word separate in just a few moments. They separated themselves from all foreigners as they confessed their own sin and the sins of their ancestors. They remained standing in place. Are you ready for this? Say it with me. For three hours. Okay, so they remained standing for three hours while the book of the law of the Lord, their God, was read aloud to them. Then for three more hours, look at your neighbor and say three more hours. Then for three more hours, they confessed their sins and worshiped the Lord their God. Now, the first seven chapters of the book of Nehemiah are all about rebuilding the physical need around the walls and the gates and putting all the bolts in place and all the brackets in place and and shoring up the walls and making sure everything is solid on the outside. But starting in Nehemiah chapter 8, Through the end of the book, it's all about rebuilding or sustaining the spiritual essentials of the people. You see, in Nehemiah chapter 8, Nehemiah calls for a time of of Bible reading. This was the the book of the law. See, for them, they didn't have the complete Bible like we do. They had the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. When this law was read, that's all that they had. But in this historical account, 
They discover who God truly is, how he acts, how he works on our behalf, and then what we should do, how we should respond to him. Nehemiah put the word of God for them, the book of the law, he put it of utmost importance. And the Bible said for three hours they stood there while he read the book of the law, while he talked about the greatness of God, while he talked about the goodness of God, while he talked about the mercy of God. For three hours they listened to the importance of of who God is. Here's what I've discovered. The Bible is the revealed accounts of God's effort to reveal himself to man. If we will just grab a hold of this, it's God's attempt, if you would, to reveal himself, to show himself to us, his people. It'll be a light to our path. It'll radiate the area around us. It'll cut through bone and marrow. It'll get to the very core of our existence. It will lead us into all truth. I challenge you today, get to know the word of God. Because what happened in Jerusalem from that point forward was a byproduct of the people's response to God and their relationship to him. But then I started thinking. They had only the first five books of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. The book of the law. They had just the foundation of all of this. That's creation. That's the exodus out of slavery. That's the Ten Commandments. They had these, and the sacrifices and how all of that works. And, and that's what they had to base their relationship with God on. But for us, we have 66 books of the Bible. We have the complete Bible. And I wonder, do we really have an excuse for not knowing who he is? what he does, or what we must do in response to him. I don't think we do. So that's why this morning I want to talk with you just for a few moments. I want to give you three very basic characteristics of God. Now, mind you, there are many more there are many things about God that we could talk about today that we just don't have time to dive into. But I want to look at the book of Nehemiah. What are three things in this moment, the latter portion of this book, three things that we can discover about God? Number one, number one characteristic is this, the greatness of God. Would you agree with me this morning that God is great? We're going to talk about the greatness of God. Verse 5 says it this way. Then the leaders of the Levites, and it begins to list them out. If you really want to read them, turn to Nehemiah 9, chapter 5. You can read all their names, but I'm not going to butcher them this morning. Then the leaders of the Levites called out to the people, Stand up and praise the Lord your God, for he lives from everlasting to everlasting. Now, mind you, verses one through three said that for six hours they stood. 
Come on. Three hours listening to the law being read. Three hours of worship and praise to God. And now in verse 5, they get up and they say, stand up. But we've been standing six hours. Stand up and praise the Lord your God, for he lives from everlasting to everlasting. Then they prayed, may your glorious name be praised. May it be exalted above all blessing and praise. You alone are the Lord. You made the skies and the heavens and all the stars. You made the earth and the seas and everything in them. You preserved them all, and the angels of heaven worship you. They stood and proclaimed the greatness of God. They exalted him. Grab a hold of this. Three hours of preaching. Three hours of prayer. A total of six hours preaching prayer and worship in most churches today, a six-hour service would result in the rebellion of the people and a mass exodus from the church. Hour and 15 minutes into it, hour and five minutes into it. Some of you are like, oh, come on, pastor, my belly's grumbling. But the people in that day This was a new life. This was a new adventure. Something had been accomplished that hadn't been done in 90 years that everyone said, it can't be done. The wall has been rebuilt. It was a new day, a new focus in on God, and suddenly they changed their their thought process from rebuilding and the manual labor to looking at the spiritual heart, and they thought, we've got to give God praise for all that he's done. With God's help, a task that had not been accomplished was now done, and they were ready to praise him. So how do they accomplish this? How do they acknowledge God for his greatness? Number one, by worshiping. They spent time worshiping God. In the New Testament, Jesus is talking to the woman at the well, and he says, God's looking for those that will worship him in spirit and in truth. God's looking for those that that will put everything else aside, and from the innermost part of who they are, they will give him a praise. It was A.W. Tozer that once said it this way, any man or woman on this earth who is bored and turned off by worship is not ready for heaven. Man. If you find yourself in the midst of the worship service, you're like, come on, Andy, how many times you gotta sing that same verse? you get bored with worship, man, you need to take a deep look 
Because you're not ready because the Bible says day after day and night after night they proclaim to God, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Day and night and night and day. The same praise utters from the innermost part of their being. God is great. I challenge you today, become a worshiper. How do you do that? Just spend time with God. See, the more time you spend with God, the more of God that you're going to want to know. And the more of God you want to know, the more time you want to spend with God. And the more time you spend with God, the more of God you're going to want to know. And the more of God that you get to know, the more time you're going to want to spend with him. They worshiped. Hour after hour after hour, for six hours they hung out in praise. Verses one through five are all about worship. True worship must involve every aspect of our connection with God. His word, true confession, complete surrender, obedience, service, prayer. The list goes on and on. It's been said that through the Bible that God speaks to us. But through our prayer and our praise, that's when we speak to him. It's those times of putting everything else to the side. Lord, right now, nothing else matters. Lord, it's just me and you. Lord, I pray right now that you will close the distraction. It's focusing in on him. It's opening up your heart and letting him begin to speak to the innermost part of who you are. We must have a true open line of communication with God because the better we know his word, the better we know him, the more of him we're gonna wanna know. The second thing that they did was this, confessing. They were worshiping, they were confessing. Again, the Bible says if we confess our sins, he's faithful. Oh, pastor, you don't know what I've done. It doesn't matter if I know what you've done. Give it to God. If you confess your sin, he's faithful to forgive you, to cleanse you of everything that's separating you from the Father. Now, for them, the day of atonement, this is the time of asking forgiveness, it had passed, but the people knew that they needed a constant cleansing, a constant renewal from God. See, the problem is, the more that we look at ourselves, the more discouraged we'll become. Have you noticed that? The more that you look at your mishaps, the more that you look at your shortcomings, the more that you look at your failures, the more discouraged about self you become. Why? Because all you are is consumed with all of this junk. It becomes the, the rubble that was once around the city. Do you remember that? They got discouraged. They kept looking at the rubble. How can we ever get past this? The walls are, are too far gone for us to accomplish anything great. 
But when they began to change their focus to God, they were able to accomplish great things. When we move our attention from the rubble in our lives to the greatness of who he is, suddenly our situation isn't as big as we once thought it was. Confessing and renewing isn't focusing on your imperfections. Confessing and renewing is not focusing on your failures and your shortcomings. It's focusing by faith on his perfection, on who he is, or more personally, on whose you are. The Bible says if you give yourself to Christ, if, if you've surrendered your life to him and he's taken a residence in you, that that old man, that old lifestyle is gone and suddenly a new person has arose, a new person is alive. You're not the same as you used to be. Listen carefully. You are not defined by your past life. Somebody needs to hear that. My daughter reminded me that of this, of two weeks ago, she was writing a paper for college and she had to write three things to tell a new believer. And one of the things she said, she said, Dad, is this a good one? And I thought, oh, come on now. You are not defined by your past. You are not defined by your BC days. That's your before Christ days. You're not defined by the failures of yesterday. You are defined by who he is and what he's done. He's given everything for you. They were worshiping, they were confessing, and third, by devotion. In other words, they separated themselves to the Lord. Do you remember what it said? Those that were uh, of Jerusalem faith, the Israelite faith, uh, 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 history, they separated themselves from all others, from all foreigners, if you would. But grab a hold of this. Separation without devotion becomes isolation. Come on, let this sink in. If all we do is, is separate ourselves, but we don't devote ourselves to him, all we've done is isolate ourselves in the situation. But devotion without separation, it's hypocrisy. If we devote ourselves, but we don't separate ourselves, we, we devote ourselves, but we're still kind of doing all of this stuff over here, that's hypocrisy. So there's got to be this balance of the two working side by side together. Separation without devotion becomes isolation, but devotion without separation is hypocrisy. The nation of Israel was chosen by God to be his special people and likewise those of us that have given ourselves to him. We are called to separate ourselves. First Peter says it this way, by now you must be holy in everything you do. Come on, would you say that with me this morning? But now, come on, say it with me, but now you must be holy in everything you do. Now let me ask, does that mean that you've got to be perfect? Because is that possible? No, there's only one that's perfect. That's Jesus Christ. Not a single one of us in the room, not a single one of us watching online today is perfect. 
We're all going to falter. We're all going to fail. So does that mean that we just throw in the towel? Well, I can't do it anyway, so I might as well just give up. No. No, we got to separate ourselves. We've got to devote ourselves. We've got to press into his presence. But now you must be holy. That means we strive for that just as God who chose you is holy. We are to be different from the world around us. We are to come out of the darkness into his wonderful lights. We are to do everything we can to follow his calling. See, holiness, grab a hold of this, holiness isn't turning away from things. It's turning to God. Come on, look at this. Holiness is not saying, I'm not going to do that, 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 I'm not going to hang out with them, I'm not going to hang out with them, I'm not going to hang out with them. No, no. Holiness is saying, I'm going to follow after God. Because when we begin to follow after God, guess what? We don't want to do that stuff. It's not a matter that I can't. I don't want to. I don't want to do it. Why? Because I want to be holy as he is holy. I want to be what he has me to be. I want to separate myself. I want to devote myself to him. They spent time worshiping. They spent time confessing. They spent time in devotion. Characteristic number two is this, the goodness of God. First, it's the greatness of God, and secondly, it's the goodness of God. Of God. Look in verse 5, the latter portion says this Then they prayed, May your glorious name be praised. May it be exalted above all blessing and praise. You alone are the Lord. You made the skies of the heaven and the stars. You made the earth and the seas and everything in them. You preserve them all, and the angels of heaven worship you. You are the Lord God. You chose Abram and brought him from Ur of the Chaldeans and renamed him Abraham. When he had proved himself faithful, you made a covenant with him to give him his and his descendants the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, the Girgashites, the Seljudeites, I don't know. And you have done that what you have promised. For you were always true to your word. This prayer, this declaration to God, it reviews the history of Israel and how God, in his goodness, kept his word to his people time and time again. Listen carefully. Despite, despite the fact that they repeatedly failed him. That's the goodness of God. Anybody in the room, anybody online, you ever fail God? You make wrong choices? Maybe he tells you to do something and you don't do it for some reason or another. Time and time again, God's faithfulness steps in. Many years before, Moses had warned the people not to forget God. Take a look at this from Deuteronomy chapter 8. He says, beware that in your plenty, listen carefully, beware that in your plenty, in other words, when everything is going well, when you have all that you need, 
when you're riding the highs, the skies higher and everything is great, beware that in your plenty you do not forget the Lord your God and disobey his commands, regulations, and decrees that I'm giving you today. For when you have become full and prosperous and have built fine homes to live in, and when your flocks and herds have become very large and your silver and gold have multiplied among, along with everything else, be careful. Do not become proud at the time and forget the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. Verse 18, remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you power to be successful. Now, needless to say, sadly enough, they didn't listen. Time and time again, they would forget all about God when things were going well, but they'd run back to him when the bottom fell out. Now, we could sit back today in 2021 and we can shake our finger at him and go, oh, come on, guys, what were you doing? I mean, God was with you. God took you out of slavery. God was taking care of you. Everything was going great and you forgot all about him. You built golden calves and you, you did all this. You griped and complained. You moaned and you groaned. But if we're honest, haven't we sort of been there ourselves? Don't we kind of do the same thing? When we're in trouble, we call out to God, we start attending church again. When everything's going well, ah, I don't need to do that right now. I don't need to be there. I don't need to pray. Bottom falls out, we come running back to God. Right? Come on, you guys are really quiet. This side's a little more. You guys have been there, haven't you? This is the self-righteous bunch over here. Oh, they're, they're just, whoo, they're walking in glory. But this bunch, this is the real bunch right here. Scan the crowd real quick. No, don't do that. <laughs> time and time again, they refused to bow to the authority of God. They refuse to listen to his word. It's as if their momentary obedience was only in an outward form that didn't really come from their hearts. And here's what I believe the problem was. Their hearts was still in slavery in Egypt. They had abandoned their first love. And I fear that that's some of us today. We call out to God, God, forgive me. God, come into my life. Lord, I surrender myself to you. Lord, I give you it all. But the problem is we really don't. We're reaching back and we're holding on to some of the junk from yesterday. I'm reminded of the words to the church in Ephesus in Revelation chapter 2. It says this, I know all the things you do. I've seen your hard work and your patient endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You have examined the claims of those who say they're apostles but are not. You have discovered they're liars. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. 
but I have this complaint about you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Look how far you have fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. I challenge you today. Turn back to God. Let loose of that imprisonment behind you. Let loose of the slavery of yesterday. Cling to the goodness of God. And finally, our third characteristic. The mercy of God. Nehemiah chapter 9 verse 31 says this, But in your great mercy you did not destroy them completely or abandon them forever. What a gracious and merciful God you are. God was merciful to his people even when the people were not good to him. God was good to them even when they weren't good to him. He sent them apostles to teach them and to warn them, but they refused to listen. He was merciful to forgive them when they cried out for help. He was patient when they repeatedly rebelled against him and his word. He could have destroyed them. He could have said, let's start again. Let's do a reboot. Let's unplug and replug. But he was gracious and spared them. And here's what I've discovered about God. In his mercy, God doesn't give us what we deserve. Yet in his grace, he gives us what we need. In his mercy, God doesn't give us what we deserve. Aren't you glad that God didn't give you what you deserve? Man, that should have made every one of you shout. In his mercy, he didn't say, you deserve death. Truth be known, the Bible says that the wages of sin is what? Death. Separation from God for all eternity. That's what we deserve. Yet in his grace... He gives us what we need. God gave us Jesus. The season of playing games with God has come to an end. Now is the time to get serious in your walk with God. Yes, his grace is sufficient. Yes, his mercies are new every morning. But we are called to be different. We are called to be set apart. May we may we not fall guilty of turning back and running to the slavery of yesterday. God is here today to set you free from all of the junk. God is great. God is good. God is merciful to us, but he will not tolerate us doing our own thing very long. I said it earlier, he's coming back. We've got to be ready. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 says this, Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day 
of salvation. I challenge you, stop toying with the junk. Surrender completely to him. In fact, it says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Instead, pursue righteous living, faith, faithfulness, love, and peace. Run from anything. One translation says run from anything that slows you down. Anything that hinders your walk with God. I want to challenge you today. Make your relationship with God the greatest priority in your life. Mom, Dad, I want to challenge you. Lead by example in your home. Young people, lead by example in your schools. Every one of us lead by example at the workplace and in the community. Be separate. Be devoted. Keep your focus upon God. Would you pray with me today? God, I pray right now that you will speak into every heart and every life that is here. Lord, help us. Lord, there are some of us in the room that have been toying with yesterday. We've been playing with the junk and it's slowing us down. It's hindering our walk. Would you help us? Help us to be separate, to be devoted to you. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, two questions. Number one, you're here today and you say, Pastor, I don't have Jesus in my life. Look at this. The wages of sin is death. A life without Jesus is a life of separation for all eternity from God. The good news is he's faithful to forgive. If you're here today, if that's you, would you raise your hand? Would you let me pray with you today? All across the house. Is that you? I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to pray with you. Is that you? Yes, there's one. Are there others? Come on, you're not alone. Second question is this. You say, Pastor, I understand that God's great. I understand that God's good. I understand that he's merciful to us. But for some reason, I keep holding on to yesterday and I'm ready to let loose. That's you? Would you raise your hand? Would you admit that today? Yes, there's one. Is that you? Would you stand with me all across the house? I'm gonna ask my prayer partners to come. If you're a prayer partner in the room, would you leave your seat and come line the front of the room? In about 10 seconds, the worship team is gonna begin leading us in a worship course. As they do that, I'm going to ask you, if you raised your hand this morning for either question, or maybe you know you should have, I'm going to ask you to leave your seat, to join one of my prayer partners this morning, to allow them to pray with you today. And maybe you just have a need. You need God to intervene in a situation. I'm going to ask you to come as well.